It's uh, Bernadette with an Informed Life Radio. I'm a, I'm a little bit flustered here. I was just texting our amazing guest who's on her way as soon as I get her the link. So I'm going to bring on Dr. Javier Figueroa and have him come on. Hey, Javier. So good to see you. Good to see you too, Bernadette. We'll, we'll do a bit of an awkward backward um, introduction here. Um, why don't you go ahead and, and talk to folks here for just a second? I got to send a quick email. <laughs> you got it. Uh, tell them, you know, what, what's on your thoughts and what's on your mind, sir. Well, uh, gosh, where to start? Uh, so we've had a lot of, um, you know, great uh, news and not so great news. Uh, Dr. Brian Hooker and uh, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler uh, have done amazing um presentations on the vaccinated versus unvaccinated studies that they've published, as well as uh, Dr. Hooker's uh, great book uh, that, uh, you know, basically shows that uh, kids that uh, don't uh, go through the full schedule or are unvaccinated uh, are just healthier overall. So that is, you know, it, it's good to get the information out there. It's good to have parents aware of the benefits and the risks. And it's also time for people to come clean a little bit. Well, not a little bit, to come clean, period, on some of the realities associated with the medical industry. The other is just the more information that is coming out there and then more people realizing that there's more ways to uh, be healthy and mm -hmm. that, the, uh, that you don't have to accept or take what is provided as a solution yes. or a method to overcome a problem. Like, for example, everyone says, well, we need to uh, approve the IHR and the World Health Organization amendments. No, we don't. No. We, we were doing just fine without them, thank you very much. And <laughs> it seems that things have gotten worse the longer we've actually had to interact with both organizations. Uh, yes. Every nation has the right and duty uh, to look after the best interests of their, of their citizens. And when you actually put it into an international non-governmental organization, things tend to take a nosedive significantly. Yeah, the further away you get from um, the, the the decision makers, yes, you know the the worse things get. Uh, just amen. You you jumped in there beautifully. I mean, exactly my heart and soul. Oh, what you're talking about there, Javier. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back to the beginning of the show and welcome everybody to an Informed Life Radio. Um, I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and this is Dr. Javier Figueroa, my wonderful sometimes co-host. Uh, and, you know, we are here streaming on 1150 AM KKNW, CHD TV, and a couple other platforms. I want to say that the views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of KKNW, but we are always grateful to continue to be here on this free speech platform. I love KKNW, you know, we can say ivermectin, we can say hydroxychloroquine, we can say all the banned words that <laughs> out there and we can talk truth. We just, no cuss words, it's AM radio. Um, and it, it's just really good that, that um, there is still some free speech alive and well. And of course, CHD TV is just fabulous. Uh, love everything about Children's Health Defense. 
Um, if you like what you hear during the two hours of radio and CHD TV, um, do know that this, um, you know, bringing this here is not free. It costs to have a radio program that actually goes on the airwaves. It's out in Washington state, so it's behind enemy lines. We wanna keep on the air out there because there's a lot of wonderful fighters. Yes. And a, a lot of those fighters belong to Informed Choice Washington. They are our, our generous, our members. Yes. And um, their recurrent donations help keep us on the air. So if you could, if you like what you hear and you want to sign up, you know, just a couple of bucks a month, all added with like-minded people, helps us um, keep free speech on the air. Oh, and don't forget your disclaimer. Um, we are not giving medical advice, are we? No. no. Bernadette is a know-it-all. I will tell you what I think all the time but please you know you know how the drill goes you go to find your own trusted healthcare provider you do your research i really do believe javier like like what you were saying when you jumped in there we really have learned as a culture the dangers of deferring to experts yes and i encourage everybody to take the d away and put an r in there so don't defer to experts but you can refer to them and get lots of experts with lots of points of view and then dive down um and and then follow that rabbit trail and really see if what they say is supported and and do trust your gut instincts you know um we all have to learn to be fierce we have yes. to, learn to be professional um not be afraid to stand what we think is of our truth but also not be afraid to change our mind when new information comes along. Absolutely. And and our first guest is somebody who I admire tremendously. And she does this um, absolutely beautifully. So before, you know, let's go ahead and bring her on so you can all see her beautiful face. Let's bring on. Her name is Dr. Naomi Wolf. Hello, Naomi. Welcome to Life Radio. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you bet. It's it's really an honor when I, you know, our, our mutual friend, Dr. James Lines-Weiler kind of introduced us and I'm like, oh, Naomi, really? <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he, he is. Um, and, and there's something about that you two have in common that I'm going to get to in the, in the show. But first, what I really want to do is I want to read about your new upcoming book, because as I was trying to put together how I want to introduce you, I was floored by your book's description. So if you'll indulge me. Please. I'm gonna, yeah, so the I'm gonna switch over um, here. This is the, the cover of your new book, um, soon to come out, but it's available for pre-order. It's called Facing the Beast, Courage, Faith, and Resistance in a New Dark Age. Ooh, and it's, I've got the audio here. So uh, people love audiobooks. you know, that is so wonderful, but it's also paperback and Kindle. Yeah. From New York Times bestselling author Naomi Wolf, Facing the Beast is a devastating detailed account of wrong think, deplatforming, and an unexpected political, personal, and spiritual transformation that followed during one of the most divisive times in American history. We could spend an hour talking about that paragraph. Right. Right. So many people are where you are and in your gift of writing is so amazing. Okay. So in this uncompromising investigation into today's most urgent issues, Naomi Wolf uses her own wildly politicized pilgrimage 
from New York Times bestselling author and high-level Democrat consultant to a journalist cast out from the elite political and social circles she once moved through as a stunning narrative framework that is both chilling and incisive. Yeah. Wolf Sin, doing the job that good journalists once prided themselves on, asking questions, challenging authority, and during one of the most politically divisive moments in modern history, exposing the many failures of the public health response during the COVID-19 pandemic by chronicling the dangerous descent of our democracy into tyranny, censorship, and totalitarianism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Javier, isn't this isn't like, okay, she's just summing up what our, you know, everything we want this show to educate on. This is so cool. I'm, I'm getting, getting through there. It's a long description, but every word is good. Um, unable to remain silent in the shadows and unwilling to collude with the mainstream, Wolf bravely covers topics that few other writers dare to address critically for fear of being deplatformed. Facing the Beast explores reproductive rights, medical freedom, the uncurious thought policing of the progressive left, the Second Amendment, the criminal relationship between the FDA and Pfizer, and Wolf's clear writing repeatedly shines light in the dark corners of our fractured society. A decades-long champion of free speech, freedom of the press, and the Constitution, Wolf found herself not only in the midst of a political rebirth, but a spiritual transformation as well. Javier, you can identify with that, can't you? Yes. Oh, God, yes. And I, I'll have a couple of questions too. But Good, uh, yeah, good. This is going to be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, one in which the events of the day could only be described in terms of good, evil, and a metaphysical quest on the nature of reality. For fans of Matt Taby, Glenn Greenwald, and Barry Weiss, facing the beast is a fearless indictment of legacy media and the political class, as well as the brutal reminder that searching for and defending the truth can be dangerous. Oh, but it's worth every mm, bit. Excellent. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That just makes me so happy. I can't wait to buy this this book and get it on my shelf. That with your audience, yeah, I mean, pretty much sums up what you know what the book is about and what my my life has been about for the last two and a half years. Um, people yeah. who may be familiar with my work may not know that you know up till June of 2021, I was a kind of fixture in the left legacy media for 35 years and. Okay. One tweet in which I um, pointed out that women were suffering menstrual dysregulation upon being injected with mRNA vaccines led to my deplatforming a global smear campaign. And it turns out that two lawsuits by attorneys general found that my deplatforming was directed by the White House, um, give, giving instructions to the CDC and uh, you know, a, a range of, of evildoers at the highest levels and Twitter and Facebook. So, uh, you know, you'd think like that's so many people I know think that's the worst thing that they could possibly imagine. And that's why they are frightened and silent. Yeah. But the book also details how, you know, once I was like ejected and ostracized to the rest of America, yeah. I, I discovered absolutely wonderful treasures like yeah. free speech, <laughs> spiritual journey, um, the ability to talk about the nature of a battle between good and evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and it led me to like question everything that I assumed was true, including issues ranging from the Second Amendment to um, abortion rights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so and that that brings me to 
one of the things that you have in common with Dr. James Lansweiler, because I first discovered him, somebody had posted, I think on Facebook, um, a blog post that he had done. And it was like his journey from ignorance, something like that. I believe it was he had just heard Mary Holland speak at the United Nations. Oh, wow. And as a evolutionary biologist, a researcher, scientist, professor, it changed his entire life. And he left that and he sat down and he just poured his heart out and said, I was wrong. Wow. Yeah. And I was so stunned at his honesty, at his humility um, and his willingness to, to go there to, to admit that what he had thought he knew was not so that I, I instantly had his admiration. But this man types a miles a minute and doesn't always pause to fix typos. So I reached out to him to say, I want everybody to take you seriously. So here's all your typos fixed. And please update that. And as soon as you do, I will share it. And awesome. He and we've been fast friends ever since. It's, it's just been, yeah. But one of the things that you did on your Substack back in March, you did something similar. You wrote a dear conservatives, I apologize. You know, just it really brings me to tears because if we're going to get through this, if everything that you talked about that's written in the book that's about to come out, if we're to overcome all this and have all these difficult life lessons mm -hmm. get us to somewhere good, we need more people to be brave like you. Well, thank you. Know? you. I mean, I, I think that um, part of the purpose of the lockdowns well, people who follow my work know that I think the whole thing, the lockdowns, the virus, the vaccines, that um, they're all part of a sustained um, act of war against mm -hmm. the United States and Western Europe. And so part of, and I wrote about this in my last book, The Bodies of Others, but, you know, human beings draw strength from community. And I think part of the role of the lockdowns was to fracture us so that we're each of us in a kind of Plato's cave, um, vulnerable, suggestible, hypno, you know, hip, subject to hypnosis. Practically, the reality is is what we're told it is. And one of the beauties of this time is on the freedom movement side, right, where we now live, where I now live, where maybe you've always lived because you're smarter than I am. But um, is that so many people I know? I literally don't know what their politics are. I don't know how they vote. Doesn't matter. They care about the Constitution. They mm -hmm. care about freedom of speech. They care about, um, you know, the founders' vision and, uh, and and you know, personal autonomy and basic Enlightenment ideals. And so I do think, even though the book does describe catastrophic hollowing out and destruction of some of our most cherished institutions, I do think new institutions are being built right now. Mm -hmm. party lines, but you know, people are like, well, but it does take saying I'm sorry first, right? Like I was so wrong about so many things. I believed what CNN and NPR and the New York Times told me. So dear conservatives, I apologize. It's like, I thought, you know, I thought there was an insurrection and it turns out that that's a public building and it's been a public building since 1857. And a lot of the footage you know, was incomplete or spun. And there's another side to this. I mean, that I never support violence. I never support political violence, but it certainly isn't just one narrative, right? right. Um, you know, I so much, I believe the, the Steele dossier, you know, I believed um, 
I believed horrible things that weren't turned out not to be true about President Trump. I don't necessarily like him, but do I even know that I don't like him because there's so many lies mm -hmm. and that that I realize now, you know, I should have unpeeled long ago by looking at alternative media. I didn't even know where to go before I was ejected. I didn't I didn't know there was a robust alternative media. You know, I so anyway, dear conservatives, I apologize is a kind of a yeah, it's a mea culpa because it's not just me that I personally was wrong in relation to so many conservative beliefs and narratives and values, right? It's also that because of the lies I believed, half or more than half of the country didn't get a fair election. And mm -hmm. half more than half of the country are being tarred by my former team as dangerous, uh, bloodthirsty insurrectionists. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a catastrophic stain upon the United upon the United States, and it's perpetrated by my former friends. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And I've got to say that, you know, my awakening to seeing things differently came um, probably more like around 2015 or so. Mm -hmm. You know, my son, when he was young, very young, infant, vaccine injured, but I didn't get into the whole medical freedom movement until um, he was exposed to more toxins in another place, which I won't go into here, uh, lawsuits still ensuing. Um, that I be I went in search of ways to heal him, mm -hmm. and the best healers on the planet are autism mamas. Oh wow! They have because conventional science can't medicine doesn't know what to do with all these vaccine injuries, and so they have explored and and really been the impetus behind the evolution of functional medicine oh, and gosh. alternative uh, treatments and healing and all that. Um, and that's right when um, Vaxxed um, from Cover Up to Catastrophe was coming out, Del Big Tree and, and all of that. And so I got caught up in the world. And before then, I voted, but I had no idea who these people were. I didn't go to my state capitol. So, and then it's been um, just an awakening more and more that I've learned. But I, I tell you, I do try very hard to listen to the other side, mm -hmm. to try... I. It, you know, I like I listen to conservative talk radio, but I flip over to NPR. Mm -hmm. I want to know how both sides are saying something, mm -hmm. you know, and I look for that common ground. What do we both want? And I keep dialogue open with people who really firmly stand opposite to me. But we've mm -hmm. been able to maintain civil dialogue, professional dialogue to keep that going. And I know that you you you're a professional journalist, so I'm sure that you're doing the same thing. Well, I can't. I can't have half of the country won't speak. They won't talk to you. Well, it is a very few people that are extremely different than me that won't talk to me. So I, d I do get it. Um, I, they, these were relationships established before and I've been held on to them. Um, mm -hmm. The um, I've had friends just walk away though. I'm so sorry. And they, I, I mean, they should know better because they, if they're friends, they should know that your journey began or had momentum because of the injury to your child. Mm -hmm. They owe it to you to listen, even if they don't agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, facing the beast details the ways some of my dearest friends, you know, literally walked away from me as well. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my most beloved relatives would not sit outside with me because he doesn't sit outside with unvaccinated people. <laughs> 
And my oldest friends wouldn't sit inside with me because he doesn't sit inside with unvaccinated people. I mean, I'm I'm laughing because otherwise I would be crying because it's heartbreaking. And it's not as if those, I mean, the book is really about like all of us in the last two and a half years have, have had ruptures and breakages, you know, similar, if not worse. And it, you don't just move past it. You know, the culture is, the culture in those hotspots, like I go back to New York, I go back to Brooklyn. It's like, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's just not, you know, talk about that at the present time. We, there's so much we didn't know, but the human heart doesn't work that way. You know, even when you pick up relationships, there's a, there's a scar, there's a fracture and other Mm -hmm. relationships can never be picked up because you know that your loved ones or your best friends or, you know, your cousins or whatever are willing to be fascist. They're like Jim Crow, you know, era white people who are okay with colored people's bathrooms, you know, like you can never unknow that again, you know it forever. Um, So I'm not sure where I'm going with that. (laughs) (laughs) that I I love it. She squirrels just like me. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Um, I did have a question, I think, about healing and autism mamas. Um, So interesting. I didn't realize functional medicine came out of that movement. What are the kinds of things that autism mamas have found that that heal that um, public might not be aware of? Um, and, and when I say that autism mamas kind of spurn functional medicine, I, I'm not sure how much it owes to them. In my experience, you know, it, it drove it a bit. They have found things like, especially like diet, you take a child on the spectrum off of gluten and dairy in particular. These are like drugs to them, yeah. dangerous drugs, completely changes um, the, the connection between the gut biome and the brain and neurological function. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of slow detoxification of whatever it was that injured your child, healing the inflammation in the brain, um, things like, like saunas or like, how do you detox? Um, yeah, I mean, there's supplements that can be done, things like spirulina, and there's, there's different things that help pull through. You have to do it slowly and carefully because when you release these toxins that are trapped, you know, you need to make sure that your detox pathways, your, your kidneys and, and liver uh, um, are able to handle the flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, um, yeah, saunas, infrared light, exercise, sweating, mm-hmm. um, hyperbaric. And, and Hav- uh, Javier here is um, PhD in neurobiology and an expert on hyperbaric oxygen. What is um, that? What, is that a treatment? So hyperbaric oxygen is, uh, you know, uh, divers who come up too fast and get the bends. Hyperbaric oxygen is used to uh, compress the nitrogen bubbles uh, to, to get them over the, the neurological symptoms of the bends. Uh, but it's also used now to treat um, uh, dementia, to treat traumatic brain injury, stroke. Uh, it's even shown some um, efficacy in repairing heart damage as well. So it has a lot of implications uh, moving forward. Uh, we're just getting, you know, Right. So many. I mean, of course, as I was listening to you uh, both, um, your audience may know that one of the things I've been doing for the last two and a half years is overseeing this group of 3,250 doctors and scientists and RNs who have uh, gone through the Pfizer documents and produced um, 85 reports detailing the greatest crime against humanity in recorded history. And now that, you know, the, the scale of the assault is is documented 
one's one's mind turns desperately to what are the treatments what are the treatments i just Mm -hmm. interview today which i kind of can't believe i i'm like able to put sentences together because i'm in shock from this interview but it's with dr chris flowers who's the team leader of one of our teams team three he's a professor of um radiology and an oncologist and he and his colleagues found in the pfizer documents a secret trial of 502 people, half of them were given intentionally contaminated injections, contaminated with E. coli and with DNA fragments, and the other half were given a placebo. And oh the God. yes, the 250 who got the contaminated injections had 2.4 times the number of adverse events than the placebo group, and the and the. The substitute injection was slipped in at the last minute at the request of the European Medicines Agency. So it's not oversight. It's not a mistake. It's not, you know, a greedy factory worker just making a mistake. It's intentional. And then that's the injection that got rolled out to the public. Oh, my. That, which IRB would approve that? Right. That That's insane. It's, it's, it, it's insane. Like, I could not believe what I was hearing, but it's it's accurate, it's true, it's fully sourced. Um, and it's pinned on my Twitter right now. You can read the report on dailycloud.io. Um, where am I going with this? I guess I'm I'm so overwhelmed. And it's four cities. It was four US cities that they did this. These 500 people come from four US cities. One in Texas, one in one New Jersey, um, and, and two more, that Baltimore and one more. And... They did the classic splitting up the lot, didn't they? There, Javier. So oh, in vaccine, God, yes. you know that's that's an old decades old thing. If you don't want to have it show up, they not if they had two hundred and fifty people in the same location, they might mm-hmm. not have been able to hide it as well. But right. to split these people up in the clinical trial, so I, I did listen to that, and I need to go back and listen to that interview again. Yes, can I tell you something truly chilling? Yes. I mean, I'm not a medical doctor, but I'm a student of history. The contaminated lot numbers end in Z. They all end in Z. Like, I don't know what this means. I don't know why, but it seems very, you know, dark. And that's how this one Team 3 member, um, Erica Gulf, who is, she's also known as the the angry pharmacist. She lost her job because she wouldn't, you know, inject and she wouldn't be injected. And Mm -hmm. she just laboriously went through all these different sections. You're exactly right, where they had hid, hidden groups of these, these, these people who've been injected with these contaminants. And then she put them together and it turns out that this, this was intentional and this is what they rolled out. So this is all leading me, and this was in October of 2020. So right before the marketing of the injection in November of 2020. So this is just to say that we had a long and painful discussion about what fragments of DNA and plasmids and E. coli do in the body and and inflammation. And it explains so many mysteries about the Pfizer documents. For instance, the number one side effect, which most people don't know in the Pfizer documents is joint pain, like arthritis type pain. Well, that inflammation is going to explain that, you know, the asthma, the skin problems, the uh, gut problems. Um, and he also, as an oncologist, talked about how these DNA fragment, fragments lead the body to not dispose of car- like cancer cells. 
the way they would have. I'm sure I'm saying something that's very familiar, but this is still a bombshell new development that this is like yeah. international and commissioned yeah. and rolled out. Um, and so I guess this all brings me back to we're all going to have to find a way to like cleanse our bodies and it will not yeah. us, hopefully, if we didn't take this thing, but but everyone who who suffered a Pfizer injection got got the you know processed too got the tainted injection. Mm-hmm. Um, so detoxification is going to be the you know the, the the most wonderful thing is that we are so beautifully designed, and there's so amazing um, healers out there, uh, MDs, NDs, you know from the whole medical community working really hard and life wants to thrive. Life wants to win. So yeah. um, And there's some brave souls out there really fighting. So I do believe we can get through this and and we really do need to, to try to get the information out there. The great FLCC doctors, Dr. Henry um, Ely, Dr. Henley out in Oregon. I adore him. Some just some really great people, Dr. Peter McCullough and his whole crew. <clears throat> yeah, that a lot of people are working on it, and I had a thought, and I, I, I lost it. But what I would love to show um, people now, if I could, what I, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to. Um, let's ask another question while I try to. Uh, I got a little bit lost here in my stuff. Javier, you go ahead. You had a couple questions after I was reading that book. One of the things that that shocked me and made me realize we're in a whole new different world now was when I saw you uh, on with Steve Bannon. (laughs) You guys were talking and sharing information and there was zero, uh, there was, there was barely a hair's uh, difference between uh, you, you and your, and and which we're talking about, regardless of your political origins. And I mean, Steve Bannon is as conservative as you can get. And of course you're as liberal as you can get, but to see that was tectonic in my opinion. Yeah, I and it, it's been an incredibly productive um, colleagueship uh, because it was his kind of badgering me to do something, um, you know, to put out a call for experts that led to this historic um, unification of these 3,250 experts from around the world working for no money, just for the good of humanity to, exactly. to save us, to shine a light on what happened. I guess, you know, first, and I really appreciate him giving me a platform because this happened after I was called a lunatic by every, right. you know, major news outlet. Um, I have to say, I never shared my liberal colleagues' aversion to talking with people with whom I don't agree. I actually find, and I don't really understand why people don't like to talk to people who don't share all their views. I feel like why should I get excited about talking to someone who shares all my views right down to the last comma? How much more interesting to find out why someone like Steve Bannon believes what he believes. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's how we learn. And that's also how we test out our own ideas, right? If If someone from the other side asks challenges, your position and you don't, you can't answer their challenge, then you should ideally, you know, re-examine your certainty about it. But I I increasingly feel like when you said we're in a new world, I increasingly feel like we're also, we've lost our old world because that idea of debate, you know, and like people from various points of view, like wrestling it out or hashing it out, Mm -hmm. 
where did that go? Like, it shouldn't be so weird. You know, like the left, the reason I'm a a non-person on the left now is I talk to Steve Bannon and I talk (laughs) to It's like, I'm the same person. Yeah. 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 The same views. I I literally got deplatformed for doing something I would. I was a media darling for for 35 years, which is paying attention to women's health, especially sexual and reproductive health. I wrote a book called Vagina. I wrote a book called The Beauty Myth. I wrote a book called Misconceptions about childbirth. This is not new, you know, material for me. Um, but you know, in in 2015, I'm a hero for uh, breaking stories about the toxicity of breast implants. And in 2020, I'm a lunatic for pointing out that women are menstruating in weird ways after having a pharmacological intervention. Like what I didn't change, you know, I'm doing the exact same thing. I've always the world, the world in which critical inquiry is what journalists should do. That is gone. A new world is emerging for sure with new alliances. Yeah. Part of our show title um, did say that you were going to, we're going to discuss a little bit that shedding. So could, could you explain your, uh, this happened, you had a dialogue, a debate on Twitter. Could you talk about that? And, you know, and I think it's so important what we're speaking of here. We need to return to civil dialogue. We need to be able to have that back and forth, challenge your ideas. You know, this is what, you know, moves society forward. And, you know, I'm not sure what to think about Elon Musk. I don't like the woman he has running it currently you appear to be shadow banned i don't know if you've noticed i'm like why are you shadow banned on twitter because it seemed like he was sort of with this free speech thing but um but anyway some dialogue that previously wasn't allowed is happening some debate and you engaged to win so wow that's really depressing um i (laughs) not surprisingly i do want to caution us all though like we should always be careful of accepting even into our subconscious minds phrases like dialogue is or isn't allowed right because that's true on social media for sure mm-hmm. and one of the things i'm excited about is my company daily cloud has launched something called communities which is a sh- censorship free surveillance free facebook competitor so you can nice. go right over to communities if nice. you're being you know dialed down or banished or or harvested um Harvested, oh. Data harvested. Yes. You harvest your data, and we don't harvest your data. Um, but uh, I, I do want people to always remember that just because they own digital speech doesn't mean they own speech. And, you know, I made this point in The Bodies of Others. When human beings talk to each other face-to-face, that's a very sophisticated technology that, you know, tech bros are really quite jealous of because they can't hack it. They can't data harvest it. And the same thing is true of a room, like a a potluck with neighbors or a town hall meeting. Um, We shouldn't get dehabituated to talking to each other in person because it's actually an incredibly powerful way, very secure way to communicate information. Um, And granted, it's frustrating to be shadow banned. That's a shame. (laughs) So the shedding back and forth. um, So the Pfizer team found that in the Pfizer documents, there are multiple instances in which shedding is documented, even though they don't use that word. Um, Pfizer defines exposure to the vaccine, to the intervention, which is the vaccine, as taking place in skin contact and inhalation. That, that's their term, right? Yep. So the frustrating thing about the Pfizer documents is they're quite um, 
you know, epigrammatic in places, like they don't spell out. Does that mean when you breathe on someone, what is the mechanism? Is it this, you know, like they just, they're, they're talking to themselves and they're like, oh yeah, Biff, it's inhalation and skin contact. Right. And then also um, there's a very concerning section. Well, there's so much about reproduction, as I've said, it's just like all about the genitals and the uterus and the menstrual cycle and which, you know, it's a respiratory virus, allegedly. Why are you analyzing the sex organs of rats you've just sacrificed after they've mated if it's a respiratory, you know, if your focus is on respiratory health? But their their focus throughout is on um, ruining women's reproductive capacity. There's no way around it. And the shedding, the other shedding iteration is vaccinated men were warned not in the study, were warned not to have intercourse with unvaccinated women of childbearing age without using two reliable forms of contraception. And uh, they didn't say why, right? But they did, the context shows that there's something in the semen of vaccinated men that can be damaging either to women or to the zygote or Mm -hmm. right? It's unclear, right? But they're very... uh, very firm about it. They're very clear about it, you know, and, and to me as a feminist, it's like two reliable forms of contraception. It's a struggle for women to get men to wear one reliable form. (laughs) You've got to use a condom and the pill or a condom and a diaphragm or, you know, like it's a very belt and suspenders approach. Like they're very freaked out about something in the semen of vaccinated men. And several studies have found like in andrology that the vaccine suppresses sperm motility and sperm. Mm -hmm. We know that. Um, Amy Kelly, my COO, has found that lipid nanoparticles degrade the testes of baby boys in utero, and they degrade the Sertoli cells and the Leydig cells, which um, manage the kind of the hormonal factory of masculinity. So is it something related to that? We don't know. Um, Now on the... on the, that's on the production of shedding side. On the reception of shedding side, purely anecdotal. Many, you know, as I was deplatformed for saying, women report m- multiply, independently. Now I've got now got dozens of examples that when they're near or living with or working with recently vaccinated women, they have problems, and the problems range from menstrual type cramps to bleeding. Um, to uh, it feeling ill, yeah. uh, and and all I was doing was reporting that women are saying this. But I will say one thing: after thirty-five years of breaking stories that turn out to be true, like problems with silicone breast implants, I broke that story. Uh, you know, anorexia is a major epidemic. I broke that story pretty much. Um, when you're looking at women's health, and especially women's sexual or reproductive health, you know, women are not crazy. Women are crazy in the same proportion that anyone is crazy, meaning 2% of people will file false claims about arson. 2% of people will file false claims about robbery. 2% of people will file false claims about rape, right? So there's a 2% crazy factor in population. (laughs) I'm serious. But women are not higher than the general population for making things up. So when you've got 12 women in different cities independently saying things like, I'm postmenopausal and I started bleeding or started spotting around recently vaccinated women, you know, or, or much more serious things like my daughter-in-law had to go to the hospital. She was passing clots, you know, like really, then you either have, then one of two things is happening. Either women across America are 
fantasizing or hallucinating and going public with their hallucinations that are all similar, right? Like the, you know, mass, mass hysteria of some kind, or there's a signal of some kind, which is at this point anecdotal and requires more study. But I, I guess I would just conclude this by saying to me as a feminist whose specialization with my work has been in the history of women's health, when you've got multiple women independently saying something that they have no benefit like they don't get to win the lottery by saying I'm passing tissue from my vagina, you know, like that, that's not a fun thing to say or come forward with, or, no. I'm, you know, my 80 year old mother's bleeding, you know, like who wants to say that? No one wants to say that. It's very much, there, there's probably a there there because very much like when women first started coming out after Freud said they were all hysterical and imagining it, women were first coming forward and saying, well, actually my uncle did molest me. Actually, my father did molest me and they were called insane and hysterical. And now we know that that really does happen to a statistically significant degree. So that's, those are my, that's my background for saying this requires more investigation. I think we're living in a very stupid time intellectually. It's very binary and social media doesn't help because to me, what we're seeing is early signals that require more exploration. But mm-hmm. instead, it's like, is there shedding? Isn't there shedding? Is Naomi crazy? Isn't she crazy? You know, mm-hmm. and then the question, the question is, is something happening here? Right. And I would just, before I pause, I promise I'm almost done. <laughs> no, you go, girl. <laughs> I did do a thread today pushing back against Naomi Klein, who has been, it seems, tasked to take me out yet again reputationally, like the fifth character assassination, you know, go for it, because all it does is boost my book sales. You're very welcome. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, it's also sad, like she's someone I really used to respect, and she's written a whole weird book that I haven't been able, I haven't wanted to read, but it's like if a male writer wrote a whole book about me and talked about how I was his double, you know, and 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 that I lived in a mirror world, uh, you know, I'd be calling security. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very disturbing. All that being said, um, she said on Twitter that I was insane for caring about this shedding question. And then I went and looked at the um, many studies uh, uh, that show what's called menstrual synchrony that women, and we all used to know this, that women Mm -hmm. who live in a sorority or uh, one study was of female soldiers, their um, menstrual cycles align. And there are potential theories about why that might be involving pheromones, other hypotheticals. So then I added the fact, and I wrote a book called Vagina, as I mentioned, that shows that, you know, women are very, um, how can I put it? The, the, sexual and reproductive responses of women are very connected to the to the brain they just are you know and they're they're not like discreet um, from everything else that's happening so where i'm going with that is um women lactate when they hear their babies cry or when they see another woman's baby or when mm-hmm. they hear another woman's baby cry you could if you're naomi klein you could say that's insane that doesn't happen there's no mechanism for that well we don't you know, we we kind of know the mechanism for that. It's hormonal, but right. it's still kind of magical, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know that it's hormonal. The first person who says, look, this woman's lactating when this woman's baby is crying, they'd say, you're a witch. How can you think that? That's insane. How can, you know, that yeah. these are two separate people. But, you know, women, ha- 
women pick up cues from things going on around them, probably for evolutionary reasons that affect them hormonally. For instance, another example, I'm actually really interested in this. Um, in vagina, I found that if women are stressed, they can't have arousal. Like if they're stressed by things like dishes or their partner snapping at them, they can't get aroused. And it's physiological. They're not a bitch. They're not withholding. It's a physiological situation, probably evolutionarily useful because if there is a saber-toothed tiger, you don't want to be in the middle of hot sex because you'll get eaten, right? So, so if you hear the sound of the tiger, your sexual response shuts down. You focus on getting away from the tiger. You pick up the sex act another day because you've survived. My point is we don't know what might be causing women to say they're having symptoms around other recently vaccinated women. We don't know. There's some theories, right, based on what mm -hmm. we, the, the cues, the slight cues we found so far. I'm really worried about multiple hairdressers I've, I've met who have cancer mm -hmm. and, and, they're, and they're like clusters of hairdressers who are having cancer. Granted, they work with carcinogenic materials, but like new escalated clusters mm -hmm. of cancers. I don't know if that's because they're in the, you know, they're, they're inhaling whatever vaccinated women and men are exuding all day long. I know that I don't feel well when I travel and am around a lot of vaccinated people in an enclosed space. It takes me mm -hmm. to recover. The same is true of my husband. You know, a lot of people anecdotally are saying this. Um, I, I was very sick in the hospital and it was a closed hospital. I couldn't get better. I couldn't get better. I was, I was dying and we couldn't open a window. The minute I got outside, I started to feel better. I quickly recovered. Who knows what the exhalations of vaccinated people, you know, or the sweat or whatever the mechanism is, you know, times a thousand is doing to the healing process. We just don't know. And instead of making fun of people for asking questions, we should recognize that there's a brand new thing in the human yeah. organism. And we don't know everything about what it does. And we should never make fun of women for reporting what's going on with their bodies. Absolutely. That's yeah. my rate. No, it's, it's fabulous. And I think if I, I wish I, I, I don't keep a diary cause I'm not good at it, but if people would go back and who do diaries and look, I know I was told by friends independently when this all first started, they would report little things like somebody would say, Oh, you know, in my period starting up again, I haven't had it in five years, you know, or I have um, one friend, it was the family total non-vaccinated, vaccinated for anything family, but they had um, a visitor over to the house who had just gotten vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And the mom, the teenage daughter, the like mid-tween daughter, and a young daughter who had not yet had her first cycle all started their periods. Wow. So, I, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, good. Go. No, I mean, this, it just makes me so angry that anyone would minimize that. Like, that's so serious. And that's got an emotional component mm -hmm. and a physical component. I mean, oh, yeah. Kelly Victory, Dr. Victory and Dr. Drew pointed out that when postmenopausal women report bleeding to their doctors, they have to have a whole cancer workup, mm -hmm. you know, that it would be irresponsible not to do that. Childbearing age women, if you miss a period, Holy cow, if you, you know, if you're trying not to get pregnant, that's catastrophic. 
And if you are trying to get pregnant and you miss a period, that's catastrophic. Like, and you know, not to mention, like there's a chart in the Pfizer documents that shows 20 different ways Pfizer ruined women's menstrual cycles that they're tracking, right? And there's like 15,000 women in one line, 10,000 women in another line, bleeding every single day, two periods a month, passing tissue, um, agonizing cramps, uh, no, you know, no periods at all. And they're just like, like Mengele type neutral documentation. But, and I try to explain this to like male influencers who are doctors on social media, you know, women are not going to go and they're like, I don't see the evidence. Women who are passing to their vaginas are not going to go out under their own names and saying, well, this is happening to me or women Mm -hmm. who are menstruating every single day of their lives. This is a disability. It's a disabling condition. And we literally don't know what it's going to do. How do you even keep your iron levels up if you're bleeding every single day of your life? Like things are happening to women's bodies that we cannot even project the damage. I'll just say one more thing. Then I promise I'll stop. If you don't have any periods at all, or if your menstrual cycle is, um, the timing is screwed up. One thing that I know is screwed up is your desire because mm. women are, are set up in this beautiful, delicate way to have peak sexual desire when they're ovulating. And, and it's a delicate hormonal dance. Well, the lipid nanoparticles we've found, Dr. Chandler and our team found, they accumulate in the ovaries, right? Other people have found this too. But And, and I got an, um, a whistleblower emailing me saying that they're seeing for abdominal surgeries, surgeries a lot of blocked ovaries, women who mm-hmm. don't even know their ovaries are blocked. And lipid nanoparticles are an industrial fat. So it's like, you know, sealing the ovaries, right? right. Quite apart from the damage that's going to do to fertility. And we're seeing the drop in live births, which is dramatic. What does it do to desire? No one's asking these questions. No one's Mm -hmm. done a study of do are vaccinated women less aroused or arousable than unvaccinated women? Do they have sex less often? Certainly hormonally, they're going to something is going to be awry with not only fertility, but with desire. You you add that effect of those shots to the effect of the anti-anxiety, antidepressive drugs, some of the ADHD meds that also um, can harm uh, desire. And then we won't even go into the whole, we don't have time transgender thing and, and the surgeries and the things they do, which just eliminate you ever enjoying an intimate relationship with somebody. Cause they, they've just taken all that away. It does seem like everything about human sexuality and reproduction is under attack. Now, Naomi, um, where can, viewers go find all of this great research that this massive team of yours is doing. Where can they go find that? So please go to dailyclout.io and you can order the Pfizer book. That's that's nearly 50 reports and we're coming out with a sequel soon. Um, And all 85 reports are available for free in the upper right-hand corner of dailyclout.io. And I also summarize the key points, um, uh, that we found, especially related to children and reproduction. Um, I summarize those in my new book, uh, Facing the Beast. Oh, fantastic. I'm on your website now here, uh, dailyclout.io. Would they go to shop to find? Is that? Uh, no, the Pfizer book is on the homepage, the upper right-hand side, although there's just been a redesign. Okay. So I'm not sure. Okay. But- 
to uh, go to dailyclout.io, it should be. And, and look for it. You'll find it. I think they're going to be um, motivated to find it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know I am. Um, I, I knew you were doing great work, but I didn't realize you had such an amazing team put together. This is really exciting. Oh, my goodness. We, we've got like two minutes. Um, this has just been such an amazing um, hour. I want I, I need to have you back on the show. I hope you will come back and share because so much of the journey and your your courage in expressing um, on the air the most intimate uh, things about yourself, about what women are going through and the spiritual changes, everything. People need to hear that because then they don't feel alone. Right. And they realize they can get through it. Um, so, Javier, last words? Uh, no, well, perfect way to wrap it up. And uh, we we just have to stay vigilant and uh, keep on calling it out. Yeah. yeah, we really do. And it looks like we still got maybe two minutes, uh, Naomi. So I'm going to hand it back over to you to see, you know, your last words of what you would like to say to listeners. Yeah. Well, I guess at the end of these conversations, you know, some days I don't think we're going to make it, honestly, when when we have a bombshell like today's on a material plane, it's game over, you know, like how will we survive or we'll be so fragmented and, you know, especially the United States and Western Europe, I, I just materially, I don't see how we survive five years from now because mm -hmm. our enemies are trying to change the makeup The you know, and I'm not just talking about open borders. I'm the daughter of an immigrant, granddaughter of immigrants. I'm talking about, what we're seeing all around us is an annihilation of the West and it's intentional. Mm -hmm. but, uh, I, if we move from a material plane to a spiritual plane, and one thing I've been doing, and I write about it in Facing the Beast, is reading the Geneva Bible, which is the Founder's Bible, 1560, and the original Hebrew, which luckily I, I speak. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do think it's led me to conclude that we could make it, if, but that this time is a test, as Dr. Zelenko said. Yeah. Humanity is being tested. And yes. God is like done with silliness. You know? yeah. and, and it's a time for us to kind of recognize how precious a baby is, how precious a family is, a body is. This exactly. Community. A great way to end it, Naomi Wolf. Thank you for being on an Informed Life Radio. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got uh, singer, sign, songwriter, protester Michael Belkin. Stay tuned. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it healthcare voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one-world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. 
It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. We need a revolution. There's only one solution. I need somebody to show me, somebody to show me the love. We need a revolution. Welcome back to the Revolution to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming to CHD TV. This is our second hour and we have Javier Figueroa with us as co-host today. Hello, Javier. Hello, Bernadette. Um, same as the first hour, views expressed are not necessarily those of our wonderful host, KKNW or CHD TV, and we're not given any medical advice. And Oh, but my goodness, that first hour, Naomi Wolf, wow. She's brilliant. She's a talented writer and the ability for her to just come out and then just really like grow, grow in front of the world, you know, with, uh, with her thoughts and her approaches and, and ideas of things. Um, I just so admire her. Uh, and the, this next guest, um, I so admire too. This is another very courageous individual who has been in this fight for a long time. Uh, Javier, I don't think you've had the privilege yet of, of meeting protest singer, songwriter, Michael Belkin. Belkin. I have not, no. Yeah. Well, let's bring him on. Uh, Michael Belkin, uh, welcome to An Informed Life Radio. Thank you for having me, Bernadette. Yeah, it's it's such an honor to have you on the show. I have known you, sir. Um, trying to think back, I think actually I first heard your name from, of all people, a Washington State epidemiologist who works for the Department of Health. We'll set that aside for now. Somebody who admired you and acknowledged um, the loss of your daughter to the hepatitis B vaccine. Um, but then I came across you again in this movement, this medical freedom, informed consent, get truth out movement um, through your music and our paths crossed um, when the Vax bus came out and you played music. Uh, Javier, you weren't with us yet then, but no, not yet. Um, one of our wonderful board members did the impossible. She said, I'm going to get the Vax bus at the Space Needle. Like, there's no way they're going to let us park the Vax bus. <laughs> Not only did we get to the Space Needle, we were at the foot of the Space Needle. It was amazing. And the Refusers, which is Michael Belkin's wonderful uh, musical group, um, they were there to perform. It was it was an amazing historical. I was looking for my images, and I can't couldn't find a photograph of it. So I wanted to share. I'll, I'll have to try to dig that up. I'm talking a lot and I apologize. So 
this is about Michael. Um, and, and let me introduce Michael to Javier. He's my sometimes co-host, a PhD in neurobiology and a brilliant fella. He lets me ramble on. Sometimes I give him like 30 seconds to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how much coffee I've had that day. Um, so could you tell people new to you, Michael, a little bit about, you know, that transformational moment of your life that changed everything for you? Okay. Um, so my background, uh, quick capsule summary. Um, I was a professional musician in LA, uh, paying the bills, you know, playing in recording studios, gigs, tours, everything. It's backup, all kinds of different things. Uh, I was a side, uh, side man for a lot of, for some famous people and, you know, just waiting for the phone to ring. Uh, that's what I did. Um, I got tired of feast or famine. It's uh, sometimes it was great. Sometimes it was, you know, struggling to pay the mortgage with, you know, dollar bills at the last minute. Um, I went back to Berkeley, uh, UC Berkeley business school. And um, I studied finance. I, I got uh, enthralled with financial markets, the mathematics behind what makes markets go up and down. I studied statistics. I was in the statistics department at Berkeley studying time series analysis. That got me into Wall Street. Um, I was worked for a top Wall Street bank, uh, Solomon Brothers, which is top three bank back in late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I ended up being uh, the quantitative strategist in proprietary trading there. Um, anyways, <laughs> that, uh, we're blown away. That, that uh, then um, I got. Married. I was a grocery checker. Just say so and, you know. You know you're not alone with illustrious careers. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so we, we <laughs> I got married and we had a daughter, 1998, and um, I I was always a little bit skeptical about mainstream medicine, but not skeptical enough. So um, you know we have a baby and you know they you know the next thing is you have to find a pediatrician. So there's one across the street and she says. Oh, bring your baby in for her shots, you know. So long story short, hepatitis B vaccine, second dose at the age of five weeks. Our daughter died within uh, 14 hours, basically. Oh, and um, so it turned into an absolute nightmare for my wife and I, particularly my wife. You know, it's always worse for the mother, yeah. of course. And um, in the process of doing that, uh, the New York medical examiner, first of all, they didn't, you know, they, were, they didn't want to investigate the vaccine, but but um, my brother-in-law, my sister's brother, is a, is a doctor in the UK. My wife's English, endocrinologist. And um, the first thing they said is, she told me, well, the brain is swollen, Mr. Belkin. That's what the pathologist told us, the medical examiner. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. Brain is swollen. But we talked to, uh, you know, I talked to my brother-in-law and he said, that's encephalitis. That's a vaccine reaction. This is a guy who works... As a you know, he's an endocrinologist. He's a, he works in the ER rooms. And everything he sees, everything there is to see in the UK. So right away, it clued me in, and um, then it kind of went downhill after that. You know, I said, uh, I said, well, why don't you contact Merck, you know, and find out if there's been any other stories, any other uh, examples of this happening to babies? That was my first big mistake. Then everything went quiet, you know, for months, and then she calls me back. You know, he says, oh, Mr. Belkin, we've decided what we we found out what went wrong. What found out why your daughter died. It's SIDS. And of course, SIDS is nothing. It means they don't know. It's a, they don't know. Yeah. Of, you know, they haven't found anything. So they call it something else. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then she, I said, What's, what about the swollen brain? And she said, oh, Mr. Belkin, we decided the brain wasn't swollen after all. So um, that took me down the rabbit hole. I ended up going to FDA meetings, CDC meetings, ACIP. I worked with the National Vaccine Information Center for a while. And um, I, I saw the vaccine industry from the inside, um, how it works, how vaccine policy is set, how they recommend these things. Um, I testified to Congress. My congressional testimony is available. Maybe you can put a link up afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. my, Michael Elkin, congressional testimony. There's a video and a, and a, and a, uh, a, a transcript. And uh, basically, I applied my, my skills as a statistician and a, a Wall Street analyst to, to the vaccine industry. And, um, y- you know, nothing much happened. So this was a long time ago now. So like 20 years ago, right? More than 20 mm-hmm. years ago. And um, so I, I was I was battling the system. I thought at the beginning, oh, you know, here I am. Uh, you know, I can shed some light. Things, you know, there's something wrong here. Um, we can clean the system up. You know, I was optimistic. You know, something I can change things somehow by putting in my two cents. And after sitting in a few, I, I went to uh, ACIP, that's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices meetings. Um, and, you, you know, it's like being in a room full of lizard people, basically. Um, they... they they are all such gung ho about vaccines. What they call they call vaccine stakeholders, right? The stakeholders. Guess who the stakeholders are? It's the public health department. It's the government and the drug companies. Okay, and the CDC. The people who get the vaccines, not even mentioned. You're mm-hmm. not a stakeholder. So when I saw this, I just began to realize. Uh, long story short, this system is corrupt from the inside. I was also a contributing um, editor. Contributing author to the book Vaccine Epidemic, which mm-hmm. Mary Holland um, mm-hmm. was, was, the, uh, was the editor of. Um, I was a contributing author. I did a chapter called The Vaccine Bubble, where I where I said, um, you know, here's. I, it was I thought that there was so much money in vaccines um, that you know it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger until it bursts, and that's kind of what's happened. It's gotten even bigger than I thought that would happen at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, what did I do? I decided, well, the only way, I, one thing I can do, I'm a musician. I still have, you know, I've always been playing all along. I had a band in New York City. We played at CBGBs and all kinds of things. You know, even when I was working at Solomon Brothers, I had a band. So I said, uh, you know, I, I, I said, well, what's the band going to be called? And so the def- definition of informed consent is a patient has the right to refuse a medical procedure, right? Mm-hmm. Refusers. I love it. Refusers. Okay. So that's the genesis. We refuse. We have the right to refuse. So Mm -hmm. I'm not in the business of dictating vaccine policy to any, anybody else. Okay. That's your decision to make Um, informed consent. You decide you, you know, unfortunately most people don't, don't dig very deeply in as I didn't before our our Mm -hmm. first daughter, you know, before our daughter died. Um, you don't really dug, dig deep. You just take on for granted what the what the CDC says and what your doctor tells you. But so uh, what I've done is we've had a uh, long time now. We've got five albums. Um, the mm-hmm. first one was called uh, um, First Do No Harm, you know, which is. Yeah, the, let's uh, let's hear a bit of that. Um, okay. Nathan um, has got that queued up. If Nathan, if you could play First Do No Harm for us a little bit.
about your music Michael is I mean you don't mince words it's it's just there on the page nobody has to guess what you're talking about it's you know and it it's got that edginess because sometimes you just want the music to be raging as much as you are you know yeah it's being a protest band I'll tell you it's a tough road to hoe as as I said I was a professional musician playing with all kinds of different people but um Protest music, it's not exactly commercial. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. When we came out with that song, um, we had a video which was done professionally and it was a really good video. It's out there on YouTube still. And we got, it really took off. I think it's like 300,000 views or something, um, which is, you know, and it's, it's kept going for a long time. And we recovered on Como News in Seattle and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, as time has gone on, you know, um, there's, you know how the censorship thing has just gotten so insane. So, yes. you know, we have a Facebook page with 112,000 followers, you know, so-called followers, what they call followers. And, um, you know, people like the music. They like, you know, we, we have some great people in the comments on there. If, if if you're, you know, if you're into this movement, you might want to check, check out the refusers on Facebook. You have to dig for it. You can't even find it. Like they try to hide it. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, if you're if you follow a Facebook page, you know, you expect to see the posts in your on your feed, right? Yeah. So it, it, that's what follow means. You know, you get the post. So uh, typically, out of one hundred twelve thousand, I look at it, it says, you know, I'm, I'm the I'm the moderator there. So you see, like, how many people did it reach? A hundred, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like a, a thousand is like one yeah. percent, and yeah. they have the nerve to say, well, if you could spend, you know, if you for a thousand dollars, you could see like <laughs> five hundred more people. It's it's so messed up, and and yeah. you know it's it's been a rough slog because I'm amazed we're even still on Facebook because so many people have been kicked off, right? Yeah. You know, so many great yeah. people, and um, so I like tried- we're we're streaming to Facebook right now as one of our streams to the Informed yeah. Choice Washington Facebook channel. I think there's probably 12 people watching or something because we don't we're shadow banned there too. But by gum, we're hanging in there. We're still there. So. Right. So that's <laughs> that's what we're up against. So that somehow. In the particularly in the last few years since COVID, um, the 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 people who run YouTube and Facebook and Twitter before not so much now, but um, uh, you know they impose their values. Like if you go and look at co- uh, at Facebook community standards, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of big pharma be you know horrible. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like basically. Whatever big pharma says and CDC says, that's community standards. So if you violate that, you know, then yeah. you can only do that a few times and they kick you off. And I, I, we get these insane f- um, fact checks. Like I ran this meme. So basically, I, 
we run like three or four posts every day. One is an article from what they call authorized sources. So I only run things that are authorized to them. So for instance, we ran in the last few days, the CDC on ABC News says the va CDC has stopped printing vax cards. So you don't have to have those stupid vaccine certificates anymore, right? And um, so I get away with that. Another one said 70% uh, of Democrats plan to get the booster and only 24% of Republicans. Well, I mean, that tells you right there, you know, what the way th this is reaching, what, what's happening here. And yeah. then Nobel, so these are the, another one, the Nobel Prize for mRNA, you know, the people that so-called invented it, although they weren't really, but they had something to do with it. And I, I you know. Yeah, I that, that was about them adding that pseudo can you yeah, say right. that, um, Javier? The Pseudo-uridine. And then yeah. the the other bombshell is that it turns out that uh, the uh, the woman, uh, Kariko, she's actually Hungarian intelligence or former Hungarian <laughs> intelligence. Yeah. And right. that and adding that ingredient made the shots more toxic yep. because it made it made it not degrade. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they're getting a Nobel Prize for poisoning humanity. What? So I made I, a meme out of that. So yeah. it turns out in 1949, they gave the Nobel Prize for medicine for lo the guy who invented lobotomy. Right. So <laughs> I put that back side by side. Um, and then the, I'm just, the last one I'd like to mention is uh, our governor, Inslee. Um, uh, ABC, again, Como News or Cairo News here uh, says, oh, Inslee has just come down for COVID with COVID for the third time <laughs> the day after he got his booster shot. He says, because he was exposed to someone, he says. So oh. this is the guy who made va the vaccine mandatory for all Washington state workers, including state patrol, and thousands of people quit, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's demonstrating how effective this thing is. And of course, they then say, well, but they didn't really get sick. It prevented you from, you know, getting severe complications. They have no proof of that. I mean, they just put out these, 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 uh, you know, they make these statements without any scientific evidence whatsoever. Yep. So, so anyway, you admit they're brilliant marketers. I tell you, you give somebody a few billion dollars, you can, can humans. I mean, it's amazing that we're actually still alive. We're so stupid and gullible, right? <laughs> I mean. I'm really glad that I was awake before all of this. I like to think I would have woke up during COVID if I wasn't already, but I don't know. Um, I mean, I try really hard to just think critically, step back and all that. But, you know, let's just face it. Humans are just, I don't know, we, maybe maybe squirrels or deer or some other animal should have had the gift of cognizance because we just do silly things with it or brutal, evil things with it. Is, is well, now, hold on a second. It's no accident. It's it's intentional. OK, yep. so this is the, the, the propaganda. So what, I didn't give you this song, but our latest song is called Propaganda. And it's all yeah. basically it shows, um, you know, Bill Gates and Fauci together. We, we, we did a, 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 you know, a, the cover art is sort of a a, a, a a riff on Norman Rockwell with the two people standing in front of the old, yeah. you know, so I, instead of being an, a man and his wife, it's Bill Gates and Fauci, but oh. <laughs> it's, it's very intentional. The, the, oh, yes. the information yeah. is very well crafted. And in fact, I, I'm still very involved with the, with the UC Berkeley Haas school of business. And I follow very closely what they do. And one of their biggest things now is neuromarketing. Okay, basically how to pull the strings. It's behavioral finance. It's like how to manipulate people. That is what that's what they're teaching in business schools. 
that is what they're the people who are in charge of you know the CDC, HHS, the people in the administration, the presidential administration. It's all about manipulating public opinion, and sadly, it works. You know, and so it, most people don't look through look through it. You know, they just don't have the skills, or they they just like you know you said why. It's sad that this is happening. So we we do a lot of, of memes about sheep, you know, pictures yeah. of sheep, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, a picture. I'm in favor of the latest thing with the sheep with his tongue hanging out of the side. Yes. Of the tongue, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm curious. I'm going to play another song of yours in just a minute here, and I'll, I'll let Nathan know. I, I think I would like to do. Um, it's only a coincidence. Next, but when you're um, when you're interacting with the business folks with this neural marketing. What are their thoughts about like digital currencies, central bank digital currency? Do, is there a lot of talk of positive that they want to go in that direction or a lot of concerns that that's a bad, scary way to go? Do you hear anything about that? Um, that's a whole nother topic. Um, let, let me just yes. spend <laughs> one minute the saying the effect of COVID was they panicked, right? They shut everything down. And they, they did like $9 trillion of stimulus, $4.5 trillion of central bank money printing, and $5 trillion of, of fiscal stimulus. That's unprecedented. There's never been anything anywhere near that. It's 37% of GDP. Okay, so that's, and it was unnecessary, right? Like, so they put people on ventilators. So remember ventilators? We got to make all these ventilators. And then it turns out they're killing all these, the people that most of the people that go on ventilators don't survive because they're too much pressure or they didn't need it in the first place. So anyways, um, it, it, in the economic sense, they completely overdid it. And what happened? They created inflation. So why do we have, why did we get 9% inflation rate a year or two later? It's because they printed too much money and they spent too much money. And so now the, the Federal Reserve is, is in uh, not doing quantitative easing anymore, which is money printing. It's not quantitative tightening. And so, um, you know, I'm very bearish on the financial markets. Again, I don't want to get into that here, but um, I think when the, when the Fed is raising interest rates and and uh, the money supply is shrinking, the money supply in Europe, they're doing the same thing. It's yeah. down 10% year over year. This is crazy. There's never been anything like this. That's like worse than the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. So they're basically causing a, a, a huge economic slowdown uh, intentionally to make up for the mess that they created in the first place, which they never admitted that they that they created. So it, th this thing is such a disaster. It's like one, you know, one, the law of unintended consequences, mm -hmm. and back, you know, just coming back. So to get back to your idea about central bank currencies, I think it's a long way off um, in a way. So the financial system to transfer money, it makes sense to have a quick transfer, right? Instead of waiting days and charging you 50 bucks. So, I mean, we're not going away from that. We're not going back. I mean, cash is anonymous. It's great. You know, if you, it, it, they don't track you, I'm not saying don't have cash. But there, the, the financial system is getting more efficient in the terms of quicker transfers, right? Mm -hmm. Because some of the way, you know, the way they, they fly checks around in airplanes, you know, to settle checks, it's just crazy. I mean, I don't know. They don't do that that much anymore. But, so um, it's sort of inevitable. We're moving in that direction. But actually, a central bank sort of Bitcoin thing, it's not anywhere close at the moment. It's sort of incremental steps, you know, yeah. right? Um, but they would love to do that to control your spending, right? So then oh, they, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so you're, sorry. So basically, it's wholesale versus retail for wholesalers that bank transfers, bank to bank, CBDCs make sense. But for retailers, person to person, it's 
something that is probably not as efficient or even useful on a day-to-day basis. Well, it's scary because it's more big brother, you know, they control, they see everything you do. They can, they, you know, and you know, they they would love that's makes it easier to tax you. And so anyways, that's, let's not go to any deeper down that. rabbit hole. No, but, but I think this is fabulous. People tuning in, were not expecting Michael Belkin um, protest musician to be so, um, you know, eloquent on the financial market and, and what's going on. Um, I, I love that. I love that about our community. You just never know the background of the people that you're talking to. <laughs> sure. I'm always impressed. So um, let's listen to this other one. It's called, It's Only a Coincidence. go it's only a coincidence and your music um i'm showing this web page that you shared with us so we could play your music at it's called reverb nation reverb nation is that the main place that in people can find your music michael it's a good uh, introduction so we're everywhere but so reverb nation is an independent platform it's not super big time it's really underground you know but um it's uh most bands, most indie bands are on there. And we're actually number one in Seattle. Most of the time, you know, it's a moving target. We go up and down. Mm-hmm. But there's rock bands in Seattle. And we're currently ranked number one on there. And we're 100 something nationally. Um, but, that's I mean, that's incredible. I love that. It's just <laughs> nation. It's not So we're also on Spotify. And I mean, okay. no, we're, not making, we're not in this for the money. That's for sure. Um, there's no big bucks in, in the independent music, independent protest music for sure. But to get back to that song, you know, it's only a coincidence. I don't need to tell you. That's the doctors. The pedi- you know, anytime you you get um, your child, you take your child in for the shots. That's what they're going to say. Oh, your your child is screaming, has convulsions. It's only a coincidence. It's only a coincidence. So that that is the mind control, neuromarketing um, excuse. And of course. As if you don't already know this, most people do probably that are listening or you know watching this. Um, the 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 doctors and the drug companies are completely immune from liability <laughs> yeah. for any any adverse reaction or death that occurs from a vaccination. Okay, and unfortunately, that was that's a dirty history on that. You know, 1986. Um, you know, Barbara Lowe Fisher and the NBIC they thought they they had. Um, they were solving the problem, you know. Back then, DPT was causing a, mm-hmm. a, a lot of adverse reactions. Barbara's Barbara's son had a huge adverse reaction, and they thought, "Ah, this is the answer." You know, we'll get the, the government will 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 um, will compensate the people that have vaccine injuries. And boy, I, I've dug deep into this. I've ridden in cabs with the with the lawyers 
from this. So basically, what, what you're into a confrontational system. If you enter into this, the money is small. It, you'll be in there for years, basically. The um, the the Justice Department has like 17, last time I heard, attorneys assigned to fight every case. So the government is your adversary, right? So not only is your child like had neurological reactions, seizures, permanent brain damage, whatever, you know, there's the whole list goes on and on. These are all things that are on the vaccine package inserts, by the way, just look on it. I'm not making this stuff yeah. up. Um, so yeah. you, you will spend years you know, fighting with, and they will have expert witnesses, these same doctors that aren't liable, they will call them as witnesses to say, it's only a coincidence. It's not mm -hmm. the vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is just, it, it's absolutely, dis, it's a dirty, dirty business. And this, this mm -hmm. um, vaccine compensation program needs to have the, the plug pulled on it. And I, I guarantee you, if, um, if parents and victims of vaccine reactions were able to sue their doctors and the drug companies, mm -hmm. we would not have this huge business the way it is now, exactly. where they, yeah. they just come out with new vaccines all the time. And the way the system works, as I said, I've been to the ACIP meetings, they just rubber stamp. So the way this works is the FDA licenses a vaccine. Then the CDC ACIP advisory committee sa says, oh, the CDC has licensed it. Who should we give this to? And then um, so that, and then everybody, there's 12 people sitting around the table. They're all doing um, uh, trials for drug companies. They're all, they all have uh, conflicts of interest. Mm -hmm. And they say, everybody's unanimous. Oh, let's just give it to everybody. And so they say, we'll give it such a, this dose, so many doses at such and such an age. And then the next thing you know, then they go around to the state legislatures, such as Washington. Mm -hmm. I mean, I met you there, I've been there, you know, protesting, singing songs on my acoustic guitar in front of Olympia you know, mm -hmm. uh, 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 protesting against um, vaccine mandates. Maybe you can play that song, Get Your Mandates Out of My Body, in a minute. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Uh, so that's how the system works, man. It is totally, totally rigged. It's rigged. The drug companies have no liability. The FDA rubber stamps whatever they put in front of them, pretty much, not 100%. Then the ACIP rubber stamps it, and then the state legislatures rubber stamps it. And the next thing you know, you got to have that vaccine to send your kid to kindergarten or to any you know anything else so yeah. it's, it's a dirty dirty business and um so I, that the, the song i'd like you to play is get your mandates out of my body and this should be the protest song you know i wrote this with in mind of the people marching like you had at the intro to this song get mm -hmm. your mandates out of my body yeah yeah i believe nathan's got that ready for us there let me pull that out um did you find that one? Oh, um, we'll tell him again. It's called Get Your Mandates, mandates. mandates Out of mandates. My Body. Yeah. Are you finding that one, Nathan? So let me tell you. Let me oh, here we go. Look. 
I love that. That that is definitely one of our theme songs right there. Um, get your mandates out of our body. And you know what it reminds me of? I'm gonna share this here with you. Um, this is some, oops, let me go back over there. The Tennessee Chapter of Children's Health Defense. And um, there is an artist named Sean Galloway. And his song is Hands Off. Um, <laughs> you know, it's hands off um, the children, hands off their bodies, hands off their minds. Um, excellent song as well. So you're, you're right there with some of our awesome people. And then there's another one, Joy DeMay sings another one that similarly titled Hands Off Our Children. So you're amongst a rising group of, um, of protest songs. I mean, you know, this is, it's kind of exciting to, to have you there with your music and just flat out just saying it. There's just no guessing. What does his song mean? Well, <laughs> it's, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. One, of our, um, one of our best gigs, we played at the Bottle Rock Festival in Napa, Napa, which has turned into a huge thing. We were at the first one. And we were up there with the Black Keys, Kings of Leon, Joan Jett, uh, you know, everybody that was, you know, goes uh, Alabama Shakes. It was just a bunch of, so it was great. We were playing for thousands of people saying, get your mandates out of my body. <laughs> we didn't, um, let me just read you the lyrics to the last verse. Okay. Vaccine mandates are out of control. They leave, they leave kids and parents with nowhere to go. We've got to fight back before it's too late. They're turning this country into a police state. Yes. So, amen. Yeah. Amen. Excellent. Yeah. And your songs aren't very long, which is great. They're just lovely sound bites of, of, of pure fact and emotion. And, and, um, so there they are. And, and, um, oh, I'm sorry. I just had that little brain fade again. I think those neuro, that neural marketing must be attacking <laughs> my brain <laughs> right now. So, um, you know, where do we go from here? You have been protesting, fighting for a very long time, trying to raise awareness. Um, are you, I hope, like me in seeing that COVID brought things to the boiling point and it could go either way? I'm an optimist. I feel like there's more people waking up and figuring it out. Um, we're figuring out how to be Americans. We're figuring out why complacency is so stinking dangerous a lot we're figuring out and i feel like if we continue to stay strong we're going to get through this um is, there's going to be a lot of casualties there already has been a lot of casualties what are you feeling are you still feeling like you're very in, in that angry protest mode or um Yes, I, I think you're right. So it's brought awareness. So that's what the refusers were all about, awareness, like trying to raise awareness. And at the beginning, people would look at us and say, what the heck? This is a band singing about vaccines, you know, like what is, and singing about big pharma. Like most people didn't get it, you know, and we got a lot of pushback. Um, so now they made it by forcing this mandatory vaccination, COVID on everybody. They made a lot of people wake up. But again, mm -hmm. like you, you, that, that's, that poll, it's 70% of Republicans and only 23% of Democrats, right? But let me segue into, I'll, I'll tell you about somebody um, that has, it has something to do with this. So one of my colleagues on Wall Street back in the day was, um, he's a, he's a, he was a NASA scientist, okay? And he came to, uh, he came to work where I worked 
And he was the smartest guy on the trading floor, right? Did all pro programming. He programmed stuff for NASA, you know, for flight trajectories and all this stuff. Okay, I've stayed in touch with him over the years. We're still great friends. So he had to take the COVID vaccine, right, to go visit his kids who were in school in, uh, in the UK. Mm. And he got tinnitus. And, mm. got, and he got permanent um, swollen lymph pads. So this is a, you know, New York Democratic liberal guy, you know, and um, boy, did it wake, it sure made him wake up, you know, mm -hmm. before that he knew what had happened to us, but he never had a personal experience with it. And I'll tell you, so I just talked with him, you know, before, you know, before the show. And he said, he, he told me, like, no doctor will diagnose him. That's again, like, they, 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 mm -hmm. so there's no test for spike protein, right? There's a test for antibodies. So he's got this problem where permanent tinnitus and no doctor will go on the record because they're afraid they're, they're going to lose their medical license for saying bad about vaccines. Mm. This is a, a NASA scientist, you know, he's a scientist, right? And he, mm. can't, he can't even get diagnosed by a regular doctor in New York City. Um, so there's no test to diagnose spike proteins. There's no test to diagnose in swollen lymph nodes. Is this something they, they can't even find it? So that's a, the state of medical science is so abysmal at this point. It is. But, so that's just one example of somebody, you know, once it happens to you, um, you kind of wake up. Again, here's another example. Um, sort of, I live in a left-leaning island here, you know, in, in outside of Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, our neighbors bought, uh, bought this house, you know, at the top of the housing bubble a year or two ago. Guy is a consultant for Google. His wife, you know, is, is a former lawyer. They moved here and um, we, they invited us over, you know, we're sitting there and she says, ah, I've, I've never felt the same since I got the COVID shot. You know, I'm just at permanent, you know, I'm, I'm always tired. I'm sick. I don't have any energy. She says, but I'm going in tomorrow to get my booster. Oh. So we sent, like, I, I said, like, what? <laughs> what does what? it take to to get them to make the connection would they be this way with any other pharmaceutical drug like if doctor prescribed something they didn't feel well on it would they go back for more is it just that marketing around vaccines that really puts these like brain barriers up that people think you know i have to have it and it can't be i don't know yeah, I think you're right. More so for vaccines, particularly then they put the fear of, of death onto people, right? So, you know, oh, COVID is getting so bad. You're going to, you know, you won't be able to breathe. You, your heart will stop. Da, 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 da. Um, you, you know, so I think that they really mark. And of, of course, if you go back and look at the history of the CDC, that's one of the, they, they say, um, you know, what was his name? I forget. He, uh, he said, uh uh, he, uh, he, we have to use fear yes. to market the flu vaccine. Yeah, uh, there's the whole FDA presentation that we yeah, used to have their show. download. What I was that guy's that. name? Yeah. yeah, he's just like, this is how you do it. You make people fear more than they really need to, the, the flu, uh, and so that they we drive them to make sure that they do it. Right, the whole thing is marketing, and that's why they, they haven't been telling us treatments exist. But, I mean, to me, it's like legalizing shouting fire in a crowded movie theater or something. Absolutely. You know, and they hire these idiots to stand at microphones and say, I'm so afraid. Oh, my goodness, this is such a scary thing. I mean, no, you get up and just say, don't panic. I mean, you know, give everybody that blanket from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Do not panic should have been the first thing our government told us. 
But, yeah. Um, so, um, so listen, I, I don't want to minimize. I know people that have died. So um, yeah. one of the first people who died was a friend of ours' mother. She was in a nursing home in right, uh -huh. one of the first cases in Seattle. But again, you don't know what they did. Put her on a ventilator. She was recovering from surgery. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. a study just came out, uh, the CDC actually just said, I think, that almost all the people who are dying from this now are over the age of 65. So mm -hmm. basically, um, if you are older, you do have a risk. But then we should segue this into a positive direction because it's like taking the vaccine is not the only way to, to have immune response and protect, protect yourself, right? And yes. you and I both know we should talk about that. There are things, vitamin D, number one. Number one. Oh, the, the number of studies, pre-COVID, we know that vitamin D is absolutely essential, critical to so many key processes of the body, especially the immune system. And, and COVID specific, Javier, how many vitamin D studies that, you know, on COVID showing that it was people who were depleted that had the severe disease and poor outcomes. I mean, it's hundreds. irrefutable. Hundreds now, hundreds. But where are the, where's the Tennessee State Department of Health and the Washington State Department of Health and the Idaho Department of Health, Javier's in they're Idaho. Pushing the vaccines. Yeah. Still pushing them. They're, they're right. still pushing the shots. It's just absurd. So vitamin D, what, what else do you use um, personally there, Michael? Right. So, um, you know, uh, quercetin and zinc. So zinc kills viruses in the cell and quercetin um, these are scientific facts. This is not a, a conspiracy theory or something. You know, you can you Google this and you'll, you'll find science, legitimate scientific studies saying quercetin enables zinc to get into the cells. Yes. So the two of those together, you can buy supplements that have those two things. And of course, vitamin C, you know, that's one of the most mm -hmm. important things. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I take other supplements, but I don't want to get, get into all that in here. But I mean, those are the key ones, vitamin D, vitamin C. Yeah quercetin and zinc. And um, there are ways to treat the respiratory effects of it. Although, you know, it's gotten less virulent. You don't hear so much about um, the respiratory. You know, that's that's the status of, by the way, I was in st stat department, you know, stat classes at uh, at UC Berkeley, right? At the beginning, the, the beginning ones, and the, those were mostly like pre-med and mm -hmm. it was such garbage, you know, compared to what I went on. You know, I went on to, I use statistics for a living, you know, I, at, at the highest level, forecasting, economic and financial market forecasting, you know, at, at for one of the biggest, um, you know, Wall Street investment banks. Um, but um, the 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 study, the techniques that they use are so primitive. Oh. But, so what most doctors understand and these the T's tests and all this stuff, it's so not powerful. And the, what mm. they the pharmaceutical companies are doing in these tests, they and the way they they. I know this, that the way they manipulate data, they just throw people out. They either have an Excel spreadsheet. And if it doesn't, if the people in the study doesn't fit their, their preconceived notion of what they're trying to do with the study, then they just eliminate them. And mm -hmm. the way they adjust data, the yeah. data adjustments, to me, that's total garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I use statistics for a living. I want to know the data, first of all. Yeah. I can figure it out for myself, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what, what the difference is. So um, long story short, there are things that you should do yourself, you know, instead of relying on big pharma and vaccines and the mm -hmm. CDC and the, you know, Governor Inslee and the Washington State Health Department and their recommendations, yeah. there are things to improve your immunity that will make mm -hmm. your, you know, you deal with, I mean, 
we have, we have immune systems, right? It's we not do. Like, <laughs> they need to be properly supported. The, the most important thing you can do right now, and I'll give my little spiel. How do you defund pharma that is your enemy? You get healthy. How do you stop the corruption at the FDA and the CDC? You get healthy because those departments won't be needed anymore, those agencies, because we're not using their products. We get healthy. Everything comes down to getting healthy. Now, Michael, one of the things you and I, we talked the other day on the phone, we both uh, are fans of iodine. Iodine is an essential element. It's absolutely essential. And probably, Javier, you can probably um, speak a little more eloquently on how it's needed by the thyroid and that sort of things. Um, But something I was reading was gathering iodine data because we need it we need to consume it, but it also can be used topically. Topically, It kills viruses and spores and mold and bacteria in literally seconds, seconds. And there are some wonderful commercial sprays you can get that have iodine in them. And you'd give a squirt in your nose if you're exposed to any virus. It will make sure. I mean, the studies in hospital settings and difference using this iodine, it's, it's brilliant. It's safe. Not giving medical advice. Make sure you, you know. Go check it out and do it safely. But you guys, this is what blew me away. I was reading this article about how um, the forgotten flu preventative and treatment, iodine. And and I would love, you know, if you get interested, Javier, I'd love to you to noodle down some of the science of this. But what this article was saying is after your thyroid and, and other parts of your body that really essentially need um, iodine, get all they need. They stop absorbing and then your body circulates it. And it's like pushing it out through your detox pathways. And one of the places that pushes iodine, are you ready? Mucus. It pushes it into your lung mucus and into your nasal mucus. So you're supposed to have antiviral naturally, but most Americans are deplete in iodine because they tell us we you know, it's like the RDA on everything is way lower. They, they, the government tells you enough to prevent goiters, but it's not enough to push iodine into your uh, first line of defense against invaders. Um, and again, I need people to start looking up and going down the rabbit hole on this because I just read that one source. But it makes sense to me. Of course, we're brilliantly designed. And modern life has made us vulnerable because we are not properly respecting the needs of our immune system. How are we doing? Oh, I want to play one more uh, of your your songs here, Michael. Um, I believe the the other one here is Vaccine Choice is a Human Right. So before we play that, tell us a little bit about the inspiration there of that one. Okay, yeah, that's a good one to end with. Um, so Mary Holland, you know, of course you know her. Everybody yeah. should know her. She's she's the head of CHD, right? And um, mm-hmm. uh, so she was the the uh, she was the editor of the book Vaccine Epidemic, and she coined that phrase, "Vaccination choice is a human right," and it really goes back to um, World War II, you know, and and the Nuremberg trial, right, mm-hmm. where do- where the Nazi doctors performed experiments, including vaccination on prisoners. And one of the things to come out of the Nuremberg trial, which you well pointed out, is that that, um, that informed consent. The patient has the right, this gets back to the refusers, right? Mm-hmm. Patient has the right to refuse 
a procedure. So vaccination choice, the right to refuse is a human right. And I got that straight from Mary Holland. Oh, I love that. Nathan, go ahead and play that if you've got that. They must have consent from every patient according to the Nuremberg Code. If they don't let you choose, they're breaking a medical rule. The Nuremberg Trial Show. Vaccination choice is a human right. They're ripping off our freedom today. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, vaccination choice is a human right coined by our wonderful Mary Holland. I forget her official title with Children's Health Defense Chief Counsel and um, President. Um, yeah, I I, so, yeah. I apologize, Mary, if I don't remember your title. And um, and then immortalized in music by Michael Belkin and the Refusers. That is real. And that song you is from 2013. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was one of our first songs. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really amazing how books and songs and articles that were written so long ago, people are rediscovering, and they're like, they're like, holy cow! How did they know? Well, because it's been happening all this time. It's just now it's on steroids or or whatever's bigger than steroids to make it to make it big. Um, so what's next, uh, Michael? You said you've got new a new album in the works. Yeah, we so uh, we we're releasing singles now. Kind of that's the, that's the way the music business has gone. So albums are kind of passe. Okay. Um, you seem to get more, um, you know, do a video and you know get uh, you know press the, the independent press. By the way, we have all kinds of uh, reviews in, in in the indie music press. You know, I don't I I don't even post them most of the time, but. Uh, mm. It gets, you know, that people like it, but again, a lot, this gets back to the left wing, right wing thing. So, so much of the music industry is extremely left wing and you start, um, you know, they, they like that song, for instance, vaccination choice, you give that to an independent, you know, indie left wing music writer in LA and he's going to go, what? <laughs> yeah. to write a review of this. But so I've got another song. So, uh, uh, we took kind of a more punk direction last few. So uh, the propaganda, I have another song coming out. Where did freedom go? That's already Ooh. recorded. That'll be um, uh, our, our next to last album was called freedom fighter. So, mm -hmm. you know, this was before COVID we, you know, freedom fighter. We came out with that right before COVID. Um, and then I'm working, I have some new songs that I'm working on. I'm always, you know, it's, I'm always looking for memes, memes being slogans that are out mm -hmm. there make a you know like vaccination choice as a human right mm -hmm. Un unavoidably unsafe that's another song maybe we can end with that when you go out um uh, i'm not know, sure if he's got that one cued if, if you can find that one nathan unavoidably unsafe we've only got two minutes though so yeah that would be a good yeah. one to also a good one to end with a real rocker 
so yeah basically just going in a pretty rock you know hard rock direction sort of punky rock um same same thing i played you know again we played at cbgb's in new york we were i had, mm -hmm. I had a band there um so it we, we have a roots basically rock sound and the sound of our if you notice is kind of crunchy guitars it's yeah. not like mo most modern music is really antiseptic and you know it's this mm -hmm. artificial drums the, the p musicians that can't play you know it's just all computerized you know mm -hmm. but so we're we're like real musicians good drummers i should mention the the band the people in the band i mean it's not just me steve newton bass player he's 100 behind us you know eric robert killer key uh keyboard player asan karimi he's a great drummer in seattle um and joe doria he's a legend you know he plays on he's a he's a uh a uh a, a keyboard player um in seattle he, he, look him up he, he he plays with us so um Anyways, we keep, we keep cranking out the songs. <laughs> awesome, Michael. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Michael Belkin of The Refusers for being on Inform Life Radio. We've got your music queued up. It's going to play us out. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Brad Dacus, President and Founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. For over 25 years, PGI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PGI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit PGI. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy, but we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. 
My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.